everybody what is going on or as my grandmother would like to say what's snapping and this is your man l jamar coming through with another edition of never out of bounds of course this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got the facts today i got a word on the streets uh a word on the street segment for you guys today just a little update on what's going on with this coronavirus it is getting on the serious side and then we have a report from the cdc about our regular flu as well so we're going to get into both of those as well uh, for a health segment and then also we are going to get into some sports today sports 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 i know i know uh we got to catch up on a few things i want to wrap a few things up uh college football is over we're going to wrap that up officially we have a few more storylines to go over there uh, of course we'll be going over some college basketball there's a new uh, a new basket a new top 25 that we need to go over for this week uh we have some games some prominent games over the week to go over as well uh, so we're going to get into all of that um, some news to go over there as well and then finally we're going to get into some nfl uh, we're going to talk a little bit about eli manning uh, we're going to talk uh some super bowl as well and i believe i might even discuss a co- uh, discuss a coach hiring or two uh the main reason being uh i just want to get through all the sports for, for the week at least for now that all all the information that i have now uh just so i can focus on some reviews for the rest of this weekend uh there's a video game i had a mind on doing and there's also a movie uh maybe possibly a tv show uh that i plan on getting to as well uh through the course of this weekend so I'm, I I want to get through the sports. I want to get it out of the way because, of course, I want to make this as diverse as possible. So I'm going to get through the sports and all that. And then I'm going to get to some reviews and to some media and, of course, video games, like I said, and movies. So, like I said, let's get into this health update. Uh, we're going to start off, of course, with the coronavirus. Uh, there have been over 5,000 reported cases in China with over, well, actually, with about 132 people dead. Uh, Brit- uh, British Airways have suspended all flights to uh, to mainland China and the United Arab Emirates have also recorded their first uh, cases of the virus as well with some uh, with a family a tourist family out of the out of the city of Wuhan uh, were infected they actually visited they visited the country and they came infected and now they have an issue I believe they have been quarantined Australia will be providing flight back home for nationals uh, that, that they will and they will be tested and they will be quarantined on christmas island which is i believe a small island off the coast of australia i don't know if it's southern or northern uh but i believe it's that if i'm not mistaken it's that i don't want i don't want to be wrong no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna expose my my ignorance on geography at the moment but i do know it's it's of course a part of australia of course christmas island and that's well that's where some of these people will be sent in order to be tested and of course if they have the virus they will be quarantined for amount of uh for the amount of 14 days of course uh this is bringing flu cold like symptoms uh respiratory illnesses and it could also possibly the death if left untreated now this is very significant uh but also you know with that being said we have the coronavirus this new strain of it as well well as we stated, this is a new strain of the coronavirus because again it's been pre-existing uh but the biggest issue is the big old the, the regular flu uh the influenza 
That hasn't gone away. Uh, the CDC confirms that at least 8,000 deaths have been linked to the flu this year in just this country. 15 million have 15 million have uh, 15 million people, excuse me, have gotten sick, and 150 people have been hospitalized. So people, again, I hate to sound like Hulk Hogan, but each prayers. I'm sorry. I say each. Sorry. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins. You know what I meant. Uh, you know, if you even want to go the route of Dr. Sebi, I'm thinking about it as well. The alkaline diet. I get a lot of this alkaline water. I need to start myself eating some more green and fresh vegetables. I'm a tomato and I'll do a salad and I like fruit. I'm a fruit type of person and I'll eat like potatoes, but I got to get more of that the greens and stuff. That's one thing that I need to get. But again, diet, keeping your, you know, hygiene, making sure you're washing your hands. And, uh, you know, this is what happens when populations expand. This is the unfortunate, I mean, I, it will, I'm not going to say it's unfortunate, but it's one of those negative side effects. You know, you have a lot of different people. They're carrying a lot of different stuff. They come from all different parts of the world, different immune systems. And we're all, you know, doing stuff together, you know, working together, living together. You know, we're sharing marketplaces together, you know. So, uh, again, this is how this stuff travels. It just kind of changes every now and again in in the case of the coronavirus. But in the terms of the flu, it never really goes away. So it just, you know. Remember when, uh, well, I don't know if it, well, I mean, if you guys have studied it, uh, there was a, there was a trend back uh, in the 19, I believe it was the 1920s, early 1900s, where the flu was just the killer. Uh, when it was, at first it was, at one point in time, remember it was AIDS, HIV, then it was, can- well, still cancer. Uh, then back in the day, you had all these, it's sort of, but at, in the 20s, you had like tuberculosis, and you had like freaking the flu. And then it was just people was dying. And in the 1800s, you had like cholera and stuff. And then before that, you had like just everybody who were dying from scurvy that at least traveled in on the water. But yeah, back in the day, like in the 1920s, right in the war in 20s, somewhere around there, people were massively dying from the flu. So I mean, the flu as it's, the flu itself is not new, of course, aka influenza. I mean, it, it led to a very interesting episode of Even Stevens. I don't know if y'all remember that. Yeah, with uh, ran in this, the fever dreams. Oh, man. Um, 34,000 people, let's get back to the facts, though. 34,000 people would die from the flu last year, and 61,000 people would die from the flu in 2018. So, again, guys, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, maybe change your diet a little bit, wash your hands, and just be safe out there. And about this, uh, this coronavirus thing i know how it gets don't don't get racial with it i'm warning y'all right now i know what happened with the swine flu i remember when just remember when the sars first came out don't be ignorant with it just you know wash your hands be safe eat them vitamins yo don't be don't be ridiculous anyways we're gonna uh, take a quick break well i'm gonna take a quick break when I come back, I'll be talking, like I said, we're getting straight into some sports, college basketball. We're going to start off with that. Uh, of course, some news there. One of the big headlines there is Shaq's son. He will be on the move uh, from UCLA. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, of course. And then we're going to, like I said, top 25 and then some uh, some scores from over the week, some top scores. So I'll be right back, y'all. Alright y'all, 
We are back. I'm going to get into some college basketball for a little bit. I'm going to start off with the top 25 rankings for the week. Not a whole lot has changed. Uh, a few teams have risen. A few teams have fallen. We're going to talk about those. Uh, number 25, of course, we got Rutgers at 16-5. Uh, one of the new, well, the new t- newest team on the scene this week is at number 22. Uh, this is LSU. The Tigers are currently 16-4, and and they've won eight games in a row. They're currently 10-1 at home. They are 4-1 away from home. Uh, their last game was a 69 to set, uh, 67 win at uh, at Texas. They currently don't have any wins against the top 25 team, uh, but they will eventually have some. Of, they have to play Auburn and Kentucky. They all play in the same conference, and of course, they are all ranked in the top 25. Currently, LSU is 27th in scoring, uh, averaging averaging about 80.4 points a game. Uh, up next, uh, some of the teams that did make a rise this week. Uh, for one, we have Houston. Uh, they are currently 17 and four. Uh, they are currently number 21 in the nation. At, like I said, 17 and 4 is the current record. Uh, they moved up four spots this week. They have five wins in a row. They're currently one and one versus the top 25. Uh, they they have the early loss against Oregon, 66 to 67. Uh, sorry, 66 to 78. They also have the W recently, 65 to 54 versus number 23 Wichita State. They are 61 in the American Athletic Conference. They are first there, and then they are 31st in the offensive rating category with a one. 9.5 rating there. Uh, at number 20, we have Colorado. They made a significant jump to three spots, but that is likely to be in jeopardy. Last night, they suffered an upset loss to UCLA. We will talk about that in just a little bit. Outside of that, before that, they would have two wins in a row versus both the Washington schools, and they are currently third in the Pac-12 with a 5-3 and three conference record. Uh, some of the more significant drops, uh, first and foremost, we got number 16, Baylor. Uh, they dropped three spots uh, since a week ago. They are currently 16-4, and four, actually 17-4, and four, excuse me. They are 4-3 and three on the road. They are 0-2 and two versus their last 25 top their last two top 25 opponents, uh, one of them coming to one of those losses coming to number 10 Seton Hall, 70 to 78. They also have a 61 to 76 loss at number eight Villanova. Uh, they are currently third in the conference. However, I believe they play in the Horizon Conference. They are five and three, and they are eighth in defense. Uh, only have well, they only give up about 59.4 points a game. Uh, they are also 33rd in offensive rating with a 90.5 defensive rating. There, uh, they are led by two seniors, guard Kamar Baldwin. He averages about 16 points a game, four rebounds, and a, almost three assists. He also got forward Sean McDermott. Uh, he has 11 points. He averages 11 points a game. 5.9 rebounds, almost six rebounds there. He also got Michigan State taking a couple spots, taking a couple spots down. Uh, the last game was a win, though, however, 70-52 to 52 at Minnesota. Uh, they are currently second in the Big Ten with a 5-2 conference record. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we're going to talk about, a, like I said, nothing really changed in the top five. Uh, of course, Gonzaga here is number is at number two. I'm not really sold on this team, though. Uh, they are 22-1, and one, uh, but... I'm skeptical because again they had a one-point win at Oregon. They also went went on to get blown out uh, by Michigan. Uh, this team is pretty much contingent on the health of their senior forward right now, Killian Tilly. He averages about 15.6 points, uh, which leads the conference, the West Coast Conference, and they all he also averaged about four rebounds a game. However, um, 
you know, and he also has a, a PER of 26.4. And his last game that he played in, which was against Pacific, he scored 22 points. However, he's injury prone. He's been dealing with some significant injuries. Of course, earlier this year, he missed about, I think, three to four weeks. Uh, I don't know how significant this injury is. But it looks like have uh, injured his uh, ankle in last night's win over Santa Clara. So there's no timetable. There's no real news yet on just how bad it is. So there's no telling. Um, and I think this team is pretty much their success, at least in the tournament, because again they play in a pretty easy conference. They're not like in a they're like they're not like in a situation like Baylor. I feel where uh, Baylor is going to probably play because they're number one right now. Baylor is likely to play somebody that's ranked. They could take a loss. Gonzaga they play in a very easy conference. The losses that they may suffer. I don't see it happening just yet. I mean, that, that conference is pretty easy. The, I, my biggest worry for them is their success in the tournament. With a team like this that's really forward, that's really reliant on this forward here, and he seems to be injury, you know, at least injury, you know, prone at the moment. I I don't know if I could really uh, bank bank any significant type of money on this team. I I, I wouldn't hinge I wouldn't hinge anything on this team this year. I, I think they're they're pretty good against their conference. Uh, they seem to be wiping those guys out. Uh, but I think they're so so against the top twenty five. And and, and, and and you know when you get to the tournament, you gotta be looking competent. And five and just one and one right now with a blowout loss to a Michigan squad who's not even in the top twenty five anymore. Uh, I I don't I, you know and again they have some wins here against Washington. And in North Carolina, but those were easy wins against teams that are that are off this year. UNC, for some reason, they're not who they are. Washington is a great defensive team, but they don't really score a lot of points. So again, I'm iffy on Washington. I I rather take Baylor to ride it out, at least in terms of staying within the top 25 and, and maintaining at least in the conference tournament. Uh, but let's move on. We're going to talk about last night's scores uh, in the Big Ten. We got a win from number 19 Illinois. 59 to 51 at home versus Minnesota. Up next, you have a, a, a matchup between two top 25 teams. Number uh, number 15 Maryland got the W in that one. 17 and four is their current record. Uh, they beat out Iowa, who is number 18 in the nation. 82 to 72 is the final score there. For Iowa, they were led by center Luca Garza. He would have 21 points, four rebounds, and two assists. And for, uh, they also got some. They also got 17 points from their guard Joe Weiskamp. He go on to have six rebounds as well. For the Maryland Terrapins, they were led by guard Anthony Cowan. He'd have 31 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists. Forward Jalen Smith would have 18 points and 14 rebounds. And guard Aaron Wiggins would have four, uh, 14 points and 5 rebounds. Uh, up next in the Pac-12, we got number 11, Oregon, getting a victory over Cal in Berkeley. 77-72 to 72 is the final score there. Number 2, Gonzaga, gets another win. 87-72 to 72 over Santa Clara again. A easy West Coast matchup for them. I'm more, I'm more, you know, it's to, for me, what they do in the conference is more significant right now. Uh, at uh, number 20, uh, Colorado, they took a loss last night. Uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to get into this one. They lost on the road to UCLA, 68-72. to For Colorado, they were led by guard uh, McKinley Wright. He would have 14 points and four rebounds. And forward Evan Batty would have 14 points and five rebounds. For UCLA, they were led by guard Chris Smith. He'd have 30 points and nine rebounds and guard Jamie Vasquez. He'd have uh, sorry, 13 points and seven rebounds. 
So again, Colorado takes the loss. Uh, they're liable to drop in the rankings. I don't think that, well, they might even end up out of the rankings, in my opinion. It, it, you know, you, you never know with these losses. You do not like to, you, the, the ranking committee does not like losses to unranked teams. They will punish you for that. I'm just saying. Uh, we got some other uh, upsets from this week. We're going to get into those as well. Just to give you guys some updates on what's liable to happen uh, with these top 25 rankings as the weeks go along, at least as next week comes along. Uh, number five, number five, excuse me, Florida State took a loss earlier this week to unranked Virginia, 56 to 61. Of course, Florida State is 17 and three. Virginia is 14 and six now. Uh, but Florida State, they were led by guard Devin Vassell. He would have 17 points, six rebounds, and two assists. And Ford Raquan Gray would have eight points and three rebounds. Uh, for Virginia, they were led by forward Namadi uh, Diakati or Diakite, excuse me, would have 19 points and nine rebounds. Forward uh, Kiai Clark would have uh, 15 points, four rebounds and four assists. And guard Brandon Key would have 13 points and nine rebounds. Um, for, for the team stats here, in terms of field goal percentage, Florida State would uh, really shoot terribly, let's be honest here, 38.9% uh, from the field. Not going to get it done against a whole lot of teams, especially with a team like Virginia, who obviously plays great defense and is going to out-rebound you. That's what their plan is. Virginia didn't shoot significantly better, uh, but just enough at 43.9%. Uh, we have, in terms of the rebounds, like I said, Virginia just just manhandling Florida State on the boards here. Uh, 36 to 23 was a final tally there. But for Virginia, they did turn the ball over 17 times, which means, which sums up to me, they don't really know how to run a sufficient offense. But again, they play good enough defense to make you turn the ball over on your side, and also they get more rebounds. And again, they put pressure pressure on defense. That's what they do. Uh, Virginia outscored uh, FSU 37, 34 to 20, 28 in the second half. So in the second half, it made a difference. But a lot of that was because, again, just Virginia just started to clamp down on defense and just made it difficult, made it completely difficult uh, for Florida State throughout the process. Uh, moving on, we have another upset here. Texas Tech was able to get it done at home versus number 12, uh, West Virginia. Of course, West Virginia is now 16-4. Uh, Virginia Tech is 13-7. That final score there was 89-81. to For West Virginia, they were led by forward Derek Culver. He had 16 points and two rebounds for Gabe Osa Bohen would have uh, 15 points and four rebounds. For Texas Tech, they were led by guard David Moretti. He would have 25 points and two assists. Guard Terrence Shannon would have 23 points, seven assists, and four rebounds. And guard Jemias Ramsey would have 21 points and five rebounds. Texas Tech shot the lights out. West Virginia, they tried to keep up, uh, and um, they just couldn't. So uh, Texas Tech, I don't know if they move up back into the ranks with this one. Of course, West Virginia takes a drop, uh, but it's a good, it's a good conference win for Texas Tech, a good confidence booster as well. Uh, I think this is, this team has a better tournament shot than Gonzaga. I know I'm talking crazy right now, but trust me, as the season goes on, I'm telling you, we'll see, we'll see what Gonzaga got. I don't, I don't buy Gonzaga. Also. We have a very, we have a, a crazy win. I want to talk about uh, as an SEC win. It was a shootout, two overtimes. Number number seventeen Auburn needed two overtimes to get it done to get it done against a five hundred team at Ole Miss. Eighty three to eighty two was the final score. Like I said, two overtimes. 
Auburn is of course 10 and 2. Ole Miss is 10 and 10. For Auburn, they were led by guard Samir Dowdy. He would have 17 points, five rebounds, and three assists. Forward Anthony McLemore would have 19 points and five assists. And forward Isaac Okora would have 14 points, nine rebounds, and three assists. For Ole Miss, they were led by they were led by guard Devontae Schuler. He would have 26 points, five rebounds, and five assists. And also guard Blake Henson. He'd have 16 points, four rebounds, and two assists. This game here was a tale of two different halves. In the first half, it looked like it could have been a, a very bad upset in, you know, in Ole Miss's favor. They had gone up 37 to 20. However, in the second half, Auburn would right the ship and lead to the tie. Uh, they would finish out that second quarter scoring 46 to 29, outscoring, you know, of course, Ole Miss 46 to 29. But in the second half, teams got tired. You only got, I think, six, six points between the two teams in the second half. Uh, in the first, sorry, in the first uh, overtime. In the second uh, overtime, I guess, you know, Auburn was able to just muster it out, was able to get that one last shot, but I think they only scored six points in the second overtime as well. But 83 to 82 is the final score there. Uh, Auburn comes back to life again after a very poor first half. Uh, they pretty much rage in the second half, and they keep it close throughout the rest of the game. And they able to sneak, they, they were able to sneak out of Oxford with a win. So good win on them. Uh, again, they needed it because again, with another drop, with another with another loss, uh, they, they would only been 18 and three, but they were liable to be like number 25 in the nation, or maybe even not in the rankings again, just depending on how you know how the rankings want to feel that week and who they who they want who they want to ride this week uh, in terms of who they want to put in the top 25. So there's a lot of that going on there as well. All right, y'all, let's talk a little bit about some news. Uh, one of the big news stories uh, that I wanted to get into for college basketball was that was that referring to Sharif O'Neal aka Shaq's son uh, recently he had decided to transfer from UCLA I did I don't think he's picked the school yet or has officially you know made uh, well has officially enrolled to that school yet uh, but again he is out of UCLA uh, he is for him, it was mostly playing time. Uh, he's coming back from an injury in which he, his freshman year, I believe he's a sophomore now. Uh, he's coming off of this uh, uh, injury that kept him from playing. He actually needed surgery. Um, I believe it was on his uh, ACL or something like that, but he wasn't he wasn't able to play his first season. And uh, so far, he hasn't really been in the starting rotation this year as well. Uh, he's only averaging two over two points off the bench, over two assists off the bench. Uh, again, he wants a more prominent role. Why would you not want a more prominent role? Your Shaq, your Shaq's son. I mean, Scotty Pippen's son starts for Vanderbilt. If he could start for Vanderbilt, Shaq's son could start somewhere as well. Why not? Uh, so he's on the move. Uh, that's the biggest college basketball news really going on right now outside the top 25. Uh, Saturday, uh, usually that uh, is the biggest new. It's the biggest day in terms of the game. So I'll be covering all that on Monday. Give you guys a new top 25 rankings and then cover all the action that we had Saturday. And of course, it's probably gonna be a couple Sunday games as well. But Saturday seems to be the most prominent day for games for college basketball. So I'll go over those on Monday for you guys. And for now, I'm gonna take a quick break and. When I come back, I'll be going over some college football. We're going to wrap everything up for the season. We're going to wrap everything everything up for the season there. And then, of course, I'll be going over some NFL, previewing the Super Bowl, and we're going to talk a little bit about some Eli Manning. All right, y'all. I'll be right back.
All right, y'all, I'm going to wrap this up for today. And before I get into anything, I wanted to, uh, well, on, on further review of my notes, uh, actually, uh, for my last segment, uh, referring to Sharif O'Neal, uh, he did not miss time last year because of a injury. Uh, it was actually a heart condition uh, that did require him to have surgery. So that was my bad. I had to look at my notes again. Uh, but uh, that's why he was missing time last year. He was a, a highly touted freshman recruit. Uh, well, as a freshman, he was a highly touted re- recruit from 2018. Uh, but last season, uh, he spent time. Uh, like I, I forgot about this. It was it was in the media as well. Uh, but when I looked at my notes again, I was looking for my college football notes, which I, which I ended up, didn't end up finding. Uh, but I was able to end up finding out uh, that I did make that mistake. So I wanted to put that in there, and I do apologize. But like I said, yes, I lost my college football note so there is going to be no college football wrap-up i believe that is the universe telling me look it's over my dude you missed the boat you just wait till next season we'll talk about whatever comes up then so for now we're just gonna get into some nfl news um well not so much any news i think by now a lot of my nfl people know about this uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna share my thoughts on it uh eli manning has finally decided to retire about time uh, I'm just gonna keep it just just lit. Uh, I I felt felt he could have retired uh, one, two, three seasons ago, uh, possibly four. Um, this not a this this not you know a shot at him per se. Uh, definitely he's had some decent stats. He has he's won two Super Bowls for one. Uh, he's beaten you know America's team at least of the twenty first twenty first century that being uh, the Patriots. He's beaten them twice. Uh, not So not to take anything away from him there. Uh, I believe he was Super Bowl MVP in, in one of them, if not both of them. Uh, let's see. He was the number one pick by the Chargers, but, of course, he ended up being to being traded to the Giants. Uh, by you know, um, And, of course, you know, he would become their starter after a season, and he would be a starter for nine years for them, for nine, uh, you know, up until uh, for, you know, tw- actually 12-plus years, however many years. Uh, you know, it would be 222 straight games, uh, but he was, uh, you know, pulled as a starter in 2017 for Geno Smith. We all know about that inf- infamous situation there. Uh, but in terms of his numbers, he had over 50, uh, 57,000 yards. He had 366 touchdowns uh, with a career completion percentage of 60.3%. Uh, he also had 40, I'm sorry, 20 27, oh, excuse me, sorry, 27 four-quarter comebacks. I believe that is significant. That is a significant number. That is also including the two Super Bowl victories. Like I said, he's a four-time, four-time pro baller right next to the, being the Super Bowl uh, champion as well. Um, he has a career overall record of 117 to 117. I still think he's a Hall of Famer, uh, but I, I feel just with the way the New York Giants are being ran, I think with, with his numbers declining, I think, you know, with them not having a running game really to speak of uh, since the two Super Bowl years, uh, you know, I, I thought he could have retired a few years ago. And I still think he's a Super Bowl candidate. I think he still think he would have been a, uh, sorry, a Hall of Fame candidate then um, just by virtue of him winning the Super Bowls, having an above 500 record the pro balls uh, and just the numbers here, you know, seem to, I mean, his touchdown to interception ratio uh, is, you know, he has more touchdowns than interceptions. So, you know he didn't break he didn't break the mold there he didn't break a record in the interception so he wasn't terrible um he wasn't a gunslinger so he wasn't like he wasn't li- i mean i think a, a lot of his situationals a lot of his situation in which he threw uh, interceptions were you know just defenses being called great defense being called i never saw him just 
Yeah, no, I've seen bad games from Eli. Let me take that back. I, I've seen bad games from Eli. Um, but I still think he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, he's done enough to earn that. You know, two Super Bowls will do that. If, if Joe Namath can get in there on just one, and uh, despite, you know, what was all behind it. And, and again, people will say there's a there's a real significance behind that Super Bowl win. Let me be somebody, let me be real. Joe Namath was an average quarterback. I would say below average quarterback, and he wasn't even that great in that Super Bowl. Uh, there was some some cultural relevance with him. I think he was, you know, a part of that generation. He was the man's man in that generation. He was very media popular, and they loved him. But he was an average quarterback. He was he was a worse quarterback than Eli Manning. Um, if we talk about what the quarterbacks can do nowadays, even Lamar, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, the Michael Vicks of the world, uh, they do way so much more than what Joe Namath could ever possibly do so if he can get in then Eli Manning should be able to get in because he actually won his Super Bowls based on what he did with his arm and not so much him having a great defense or a solid running game that can make a, a couple plays or two uh, so I, I feel uh, Eli Manning has earned it he's not my personal favorite quarterback hell no um he's at like again i think he's at he's pretty much average i think joe namath is be, joe namath is below average i think eli is your prototypical average quarterback uh he's he i think he's what the majority of quarterbacks would dream of you know um be competent enough to stay a starter for so many games uh win a super bowl or two uh win it win a win a you know Super Bowl MVP maybe and go to the Pro Bowl a couple times. That's what every player should be wanting. Every quarterback should be wanting because, uh, you know, it's so hard just to get that. Look at how many. Look at how many. You know bombs we've had even with him. I mean come on look at Philip Rivers I'm not gonna say he was a bust I'm not gonna say he's a bum but I mean come on now to drafted both the same year uh you know and, and both of them had you know entirely different careers I think uh Philip Rivers will be known probably as a better passer but he wasn't as clutch in the full quarter and he definitely doesn't have the postseason success so uh you have that uh you have you know Ben Roethlisberger who's run multiple as well uh Ben Roethlisberger probably has better numbers than Eli, but I think Eli was a better class act. I think, you know, the media will, will, will want to, you know, look to put him in the in the Hall of Fame quicker than when they, you know, quicker than, than Ben Roethlisberger. That's just my personal opinion. Um, you know, so he has some good, you have some, I mean, even if, you know, compare him to his peers and you compare him to people that's, you know, come after him to Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers a few years later, you know, I mean, there's definitely quarterbacks that are more capable than him, but I mean, he stayed consistent. Uh, he was the face of New York for a while. Um, definitely not, again, not my cup of tea in terms of quarterback production. Uh, but, you know, again, he's earned it. Uh, he's definitely earned his play, his, uh, his, his, his place in the Hall of Fame when that comes. I don't think he's a first ballot. No, I think he has to wait a few years for some other people, though. Um, <laughs> but um, he, he'll get it eventually. I don't think right away, but he's definitely going to get it. Um, but let's move on to the Super Bowl. Uh, let's, you know, we have the Chiefs in the, in the Giants. Sorry, the 49ers. I got the Giants in my brain right now. The Chiefs and the 49ers. Oh, boy. Facing off. This one, I'm mutual. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, what's the word here? I am. Um, I'm writing. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm neutral. I'm not mutual, but I'm neutral in this situation. I like both teams. I think, of course, both teams have competent quarterbacks. I love what Patrick Mahomes can do with his arm. He throws for a lot of yards. I think Jimmy G is much more precise. He won't. He'll throw when he's needed, uh, and he'll. You know, he won't turn the ball over. 
Uh, I know Patrick Mahomes will push the ball down the field. He will attempt to win the game with his arm. I think the question is going to come up is where, wh- how, are the, how are the 49ers going to attack offensively? We already know what they're going to, where we're going to get from their pass rush, which I think is going to be solid. Uh, that's going to be the main, the main battles right there are going to be in the trenches. We're going to be seeing some chippiness. I think that's going to be uh, a great matchup there. I think it's going to be, I have a feeling it's going to be a lot of points. I'm looking for four touchdowns within the first quarter. Two touchdowns, two touchdowns for both teams. Uh, why not? You know, four touchdowns to go amongst them. Uh, get everybody into into the mood. Uh, I don't, uh, you know, I don't care about the halftime or the commercials. I'm just, looking, I'm thinking about the action of the game. <laughs> I don't watch the commercials. I, I, I don't watch halftime. I don't got time for that. But um, uh, you know, in terms of what the action we're gonna be seeing, I think that's the biggest matchup is gonna be in the trenches. Can uh. Can San Francisco get to Patrick Mahomes, uh, and how will Patrick Mahomes respond under under the rest under some real pass pressure? Um, don't don't uh, don't I mean don't sneeze at you know Kansas defense either. Uh, I believe that they have a solid enough pass rush, and they do have Tyron Matthew back there who can make plays along with Daniel Sorensen. Uh, they are ball, they are they are roving safeties who can ball hawk and they can hit pretty well too. They can make plays. So uh, Kansas City is it's not the statistically the best defense, uh, but it definitely can come to play. Going for them there, uh, for the Niners, we know they can run the ball. Uh, we know that they could possibly pass the ball, but I, I, I honestly feel that the passing game for, for Kansas City is so far advanced than what the 49ers got going on. But the 49ers, can, they're balanced. They can run the ball as well. Uh, they have two running, capable running backs in Mostert, and also they have Tevin, Tevin Coleman back there. Uh, the receiver matchup, it's not even close. I will give the Niners uh, Kittle. I don't think he's a he's a better tight end than Travis Kelsey, but they definitely have him there. But if we talk about the raw receiver, it's no question. Kansas City has that hands down. Uh, in terms of co- in terms of coaching, I like Kansas City's offensive play calling. I like San Francisco's offensive play calling. Uh, defensively, that, again, that's going to be the matchup. Whose defense is going to keep the uh, which offense off the field? That's going to be the biggest questions here. Um, I don't have a favorite in this one. I'm not gonna. I'm. I all I can guess is, and what I would like to see is a whole lot of points. I want to see at least sixty points, maybe even seventy. I don't care. Uh, anything will be better than what we saw last year. Uh, that I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a great defensive game, but it was a drag to have to watch and to have to really sift through and get stats and really pay attention. It got boring at some point. Uh, but again, I'm glad Tom Brady's not in it. That's what I'm happy for. Amen to that. Uh, um, as far as a winner, of course, I don't have one. I'm going to be looking to enjoy the game, but I'm definitely not going to be vote, rooting for the Giants just because I live in the Bay Area. It's not going to happen. I don't want. I don't care. Again, leave your mind games for somebody else. R.I.P. to Mac Dre, but it ain't got nothing to do with him and all that. Have you ever seen a Niner fan root for the Raiders? No. So I'm not going there with y'all just because y'all want. They not they not here. I don't care. I told you. I'm gonna be a Raider fan regardless. They can go to Mars. They can go to Antarctica. I'm not going to Antarctica to watch the game, but I'll watch it on TV from the comfort of my own house. I'll be watching some games in Vegas. I'll probably watch I'm watching all the games on TV in Vegas. I'll definitely will invest in some playoff tickets if they make it. That's my plan. 
I'm not rooting for no Niners, and I for damn sure ain't rooting for no goddamn Chiefs. Why would I do that? It's not going to happen. I'm not rooting for a favorite in this one, even for, but on the football tip, I, I just can't, you know, pick out a favorite between these two teams. I can't pick out a winner between these two teams. They're, they're, they're evenly matched. Uh, I feel like there's, there's two things, there's things that both teams can do very well, but that can exploit the other. That's pretty much all that I can say. All right, y'all. I'm calling it a wrap for today. I got all my all my sports notes out of me for now. I'm waiting till Monday for that. Uh, this weekend will be reviews, 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 reviews. We got tonight. We got tomorrow. We got Sunday. Reviews, reviews, reviews. I like it. I'm on it. I'm watching stuff, listening to stuff. Anything you'd like for me to review, you let me know. Hit me up on my Facebook at Never Out of Bounds, of course. You can hit me up on my email, ljbutler75 at gmail.com, eljbutler75 at gmail.com. Of course, I have the Instagram as well and a Facebook as well, ljamahajani, that is E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. Once again, that is ljamahajani, E-L-J-A-M-A-H-A-D-J-A-N-I. All right, y'all, this is your man, L. Jamal, signing out for right now. I'll be back later on uh, telling you guys. Well, if anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. And uh, peace out, one love. And here's a hint. I'm going to be playing whatever I'm going to be. I'm going to be playing what I'm reviewing pretty much for the rest of today. Now I'm joking. I ain't going to be all like that. But it's going to be a game that I'm going to be reviewing. And I'll be back with it soon. All right, y'all. I'll see y'all later. Well, y'all will hear from me later. All right now. Peace out. Thank <laughs> you.